Today we continue with our series from the book of Daniel called uh, Flourishing in a Hostile Culture. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at two idioms used in Daniel chapter 5 that we still use today in our culture. Your days are numbered and the writing is on the wall. Both of these phrases point towards some apparent signs of approaching doom or misfortune. Something bad, threatening or damaging that can be stopped because it is inevitable. But today we look at yet another idiom, which is actually the title of our sermon this morning. The phrase, keep the faith. Keep the faith. The idiom simply means don't stop believing or continue to believe in. To support someone or something when it is actually very difficult to do so. Especially when faced with challenges. Most importantly, it's often used as an encouragement to continue persevering in the faith when faced with unfavorable or difficult, insurmountable circumstances. So, the question is, how can we keep the faith in a hostile culture? And what does that look like in our everyday life? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, we find a good example about thriving in a hostile culture. In this passage of scripture, Paul kept the faith in good times and bad times. In his final days, he could boast, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. He boldly proclaimed, Satan sent messengers to fight me in Jerusalem, Damascus, Asia, Ephesus, Antioch, and Corinth. However, are you ready for this? I kept the faith. Five times the Jews beat me with 39 lashes. I've been cast into prison so many times, beaten with rods three times. I've been stoned, robbed, even by my own countrymen. However, I still kept the faith. I've been so weary at times, full of pain, hungry, thirsty, cold, and naked. 
loaded down with cares of all kinds. Yet, I kept the faith. I've been troubled, perplexed, distressed, persecuted, but never cast down, never destroyed, never forsaken, and still standing. That sense is a great example of enduring faith in a hostile culture. However, this morning, we are going to be exploring Daniel's example of keeping the faith in a hostile culture that does not keep or believe in our convictions, our values, and our faith. And this will be coming from Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 28, which we just read together a moment ago. But before we delve into the sermon this morning, could we just pause for a word of prayer and ask for God to lead us and guide us as we break the bread of life. Let's pray. God, our eternal and immortal Father, you have given us your word for instruction, for edification, correction, and encouragement. So we pray that you may prepare our hearts to receive it with anticipation. Give us courage to add faith to it so that we can profit from it. As we look at the life and ministry of Daniel, may we be inspired to walk in righteousness in a world that is full of darkness. Reveal yourself to us that we might know you even more. Being conformed to the image of your dear son, Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We acknowledge your presence here and may you lead us by your spirit because we pray in Jesus' name. And somebody said, Amen. Now, if you recall, Daniel was exiled from Jerusalem as a boy when King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Israel. In our text, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel is now an old man. Over 70 years have passed since that time. He's now in his late 80s or early 90s, having served as a distinguished advisor and statesman in the Babylonian Empire. And now the Medo-Persian Kingdom. 
At the end of Daniel chapter 5, the Babylonian king Belshazzar was killed after he was weighed in a just balance and found wanting by God. And now Darius, a middle Persian king, rules the kingdom. Darius recognized Daniel's ability to lead and made him one of the three heads who oversaw the other 120 government officials. Daniel distinguished himself and did his job so well that Darius wanted to appoint him prime minister. Which brings us again to our big idea question. How can we keep the faith in a hostile culture? How can we keep the faith when the world is so hostile against our faith? Good question. In order to keep the faith in a hostile culture, this is point number one, we need to live above reproach and distinguish ourselves from the world. That requires integrity, the fear of God, consistency, and character. Darius is about to appoint Daniel as leader. But the other officials got wind of the promotion and became envious. And so they decided to dig up dirt on him. Another idiom that means to search for any information about someone that may damage their reputation and consequently impede their promotion. So the satraps looked for integrity and character flaws in Daniel's life in order to bring him down. As it turned out, Daniel did his job with such excellence and integrity that they couldn't find any corruption in him. So, verse 4 to 5 of our text says, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So when the officials could not find any integrity flaws in Daniel to exploit, they decided to attack his faith. 
You see, saints, Satan and his agents will not only attack your character and your integrity, but Satan will use people to attack your faith. In verse 6 to 9 of our text, the officials proposed a decree proclaiming that for 30 days, anyone who prayed to another god besides the king will be thrown into the lion's den. The king took the bait and signed the decree into law. The officials waited to see if Daniel would take his normal posture of prayer to the God of heaven. And if he did, they would then accuse him of breaking the law. Their plot counted on Daniel staying true to his God. And he did as they expected. He chose to honor God first in his life. He placed his personal relationship with God above everything else. He made choices and took actions that were influenced by nobody but God. They were not influenced by kings, and they were not influenced by the standards of the culture in which he found himself in. Although he faithfully served the king, Daniel cared more about obeying God than a subjective, mischievous law. Therefore, to drive this point home, to illustrate this point, one pastor said, political appointees and candidates have to go through what is called a vetting process. This is when their background is checked and carefully for any potential problems that might be brought forward to disqualify them for office. Most of us have experienced a little of this when we apply for a job. Employers ask for a reference so that they can check your past experience and your work ethic. Also, most employers and non-profit organizations conduct background and security checks to see if there are any red flags or character flaws that might disqualify you as a candidate. To be honest, even though most of us would survive background checks and might even survive a vetting process, we all have private struggles and brokenness so much that if we were examined closely enough, weaknesses 
and character flaws would become so obvious and apparent. Daniel, however, was examined and found consistent. It was this consistency that his opponents used against him. He was so consistent in his faith and devotion to the Lord that the men who accused him knew that this is where he was vulnerable. He would never deny or betray his God. I wonder this morning whether that could be said of us. In our communities, neighborhoods, the marketplace or workplace, is our faith so consistent, our devotion so solid, our love for the Lord so captivating that people know that we would never compromise our devotion to God, that we will never lower the standard of morality or even deny our faith. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Which brings us to our second point. In order for us to keep the faith, we need to be bold and courageous. We need to be bold and courageous. Daniel was both bold and courageous about his faith and convictions because he was undeterred by the royal proclamation of the king because he feared God and respected him that he was not ready to sacrifice his allegiance to God for any convenience in his life. Now, verse 10 of our text says, now, when Daniel learned that the de decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just had, as he had done before. So Daniel went upstairs in his room to pray to God, just like before. So he didn't wait for the crisis to hit, to pray. He was already a praying man. Are we? Are we praying people? Are we praying believers? 
do we seek first the kingdom of God all the time? Do we do we pray? Do we pray for even five minutes? Daniel prayed three times. I'm not thinking it's a one-minute prayer. Daniel sets a very good example for us by praying three times a day to God. He prayed privately, audaciously, giving thanks and praise to God, petitioning God and seeking for mercy from God. That's a good plan for a prayer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, did Daniel break the law? You bet. He did break the law, and he was persecuted and prosecuted for it. You see, saints, when we are told that we must choose between obeying the laws of men, or the laws of God. We must choose to follow and trust the Lord. Now that might put you in a precarious position with the authorities and the powers. However, if you stand for God, God will stand for you. Pray for wisdom, pray for, uh, pray for grace, and God's guidance when you are confronted with a situation like Daniel. One commentator to illustrate this says, we must fully and ungrudgingly render to Caesar what is Caesar's. But under no circumstance should we render to Caesar what is God's. Daniel was loyal to the emperor, but not at the expense of his faithfulness to God. In the Bible, we read that the disciples were told to stop preaching about Jesus. They refused and were persecuted for their faith. Acts chapter 5 verse 29 is a good example of courageous faith in the middle of persecution. It says, verse 28, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, the Pharisees said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Verse 29. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. We must obey God rather than man. Today, in various parts of the world, Christians are told that it is illegal to own a Bible, 
or to even talk about Jesus. Some are told that it is illegal to become a follower of Jesus. However, some have concluded that they must obey God rather than men. And alas, or should I say, unfortunately, they have paid a high price, including with their lives. Please, say a prayer before God for the persecuted church in other countries. In a society that is becoming increasingly hostile to our faith today, as we have seen with the lockdowns, the emergency legislation across the globe, we must choose to obey God than men. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, we are commanded to be strong and courageous and not to be afraid nor discouraged. For the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. That's what gives us the audacity to believe in God. That's what gives us the courage to stand our ground when the going gets tough. Because we know that God will never leave us. He will be there to fight on our behalf. Which brings us to our last point. In order for us to keep the faith, we need to remain faithful until Jesus comes. We need to remain faithful until Jesus comes. It is clear to see that Daniel was a man of deep devotion, faithful and disciplined in his relationship with God. We are told that his accusers caught him praying to God. And they went to the king and reminded him of the law that he signed. Darius, King Darius, knew this was a setup. So he looked for any loopholes in the law to save Daniel because he liked him. It took all day long for him to try to search for it. But he couldn't find any. Finally, he gave in. And Daniel was arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king sent Daniel away with his words. May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you or save you from the lions. 
a seal was put on the mouth of the den to make sure no one tempered with a stone. The king couldn't eat or sleep all night and wanted to be left alone. It is responsible to think that he uttered some prayer to the God of Daniel. So the next morning, Darius went to the lion's den and called out to Daniel hopefully. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? When the king heard that Daniel was unhurt and that God had sent an angel to shut the mouth, the mouths of the lions, he quickly had him pulled out of the den. The first accusers and their families, which may have been accustomed to make it impossible for family members to retaliate against the king, were thrown into the den in Daniel's place, and the lions attacked them before they ever made it to the ground. The king issued a decree to honor the God of Daniel in the entire kingdom. So in closing, what do we learn from this story? What's my take home? From it, we learn that in every situation, we must always focus not on the difficulty of our journey, but on the wisdom, strength, and sovereign power of our God. We saw that in chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and now in chapter 6. Since we serve a mighty God, who will never abandon us, like orphans. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He is our deliverer and he is our defender. No matter how hostile this world becomes, remember to keep the faith because the battle belongs to God and if God be for us, tell me who in the world can be against us? Absolutely none. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10 says, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. This is manner that Jesus is addressing. But also this message is for us today. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you. And you will suffer tribulation for ten days. Be faithful even unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39. Ebley Assets. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble 
or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, depth, nor anything else in all creation, we will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Here is a summary of this sermon in one phrase. No matter what you encounter, no matter what you go through, remember to keep the faith. Let's pray together. God, our eternal Father, we thank you for the word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts about a very good example of a man called Daniel. Daniel, a praying man, who walks with you through a very difficult circumstance in his life, and yet holds on firm to his faith. He continues to trust in you and to put his confidence in his God. Please help us to emulate Daniel. Help us and teach us to be faithful and to be fervent in prayer, just like your servant Daniel. Give us the courage to face the world with boldness as a people of integrity, a people of consistency, a people of character. We thank you for the word will not return to the void, but empower us to be the kind of people that you have called us to be. Fearless, bold as a lion, to the glory of your great name. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God our Father, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit go before each one of us, now and days to come. And somebody said, Amen. Amen.